Welcome back, viewers, listeners, to Newcastle Fast FM broadcasting across various platforms. Assalamu alaikum to you all, and welcome to the Baker Broadcast Show with myself, your host, and our special guest, Dr. Abdul Haq Baker. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. It's been uh, quite an eventful week, alhamdulillah, and uh, we hope, inshallah, that you benefited from our show last week. Uh, where we've talked about uh, Ria, we've been exploring the matters of the heart and inshallah in that vein we are going to continue this discussion inshallah and I want to begin with um, a hadith that our guest uh, Dr. Abdul Haq has mentioned before and it is the one about the narration of the hadith where the Prophet said that a man who is constantly on journeys and he has disheveled hair and a dusty appearance due to constant journeying and performing acts of righteousness and he raises his hands towards the sky and he says, Oh my Rabb, oh my Rabb. But his food is from the Haram, his drink is from the Haram, his clothes are Haram, he is nourished from the Haram. So how can it be that his prayer is accepted? And this is a hadith from Sahih Muslim. Now, uh, we were talking last week about uh, Riya and how it affects the heart when the intention isn't pure. But if what we are putting into our bodies isn't pure, if what we are clothing our bodies with isn't pure, then what are we to do and how can we have hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such an instance? And that is going to be the premise of our discussion this evening, inshallah. And I, with that, I pass over to our Dr. Abdul Now, Alhamdulillah, I think it's an, it's an important um, discussion to have, I think, about not despairing in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we know from Surah Az-Zumar, um, Allah says that to us and often many of us get into a state of despair where we feel there's not much more we can take there's not much more we can handle um, that all of the factors and the elements are against us and we're offered words of advice we're offered prophetic statements um, that Allah tests those who he loves um, and we see the, the examples in the prophets, um, the examples in the, the, the scholars, the righteous people. And sometimes while that's been offered as something to help us, it often makes us feel worse because we're just not in that place. We're not in that mindset. We're not in that space when those words are being offered to us. That, And when some of the narrations come to us that um, each trial that comes will get more difficult so when we get that sort of despondency there's got to be a time when we step back i think we've got to step back because it's not the dean that we should be looking at and having anguish towards okay it's, it's not it's not and that that often happens we often look to blame um uh something else for our um, anguish and if we cannot get solace or relief from that which we are uh, going towards, we even blame that as well. And we do that with if we've got spouses and maybe we come back from a hard day's work, um, be it a wife coming home or the, and she sees that the husband hasn't tended to the children as she would have done because she's more 
the women are a lot more able than the men in that instance. Or the man comes home and he's had a stressful time and his wife um, has not had a brilliant day, but he's thinking about himself, but he's seeking solace from her. She's seeking solace from him and d doesn't get it. Then the, irk, the irksome response or the, the era, if you like, and anger is towards the thing or the person um, or the direction for where you sought that, that aid and you despair even more in that instance. And I think at that time, all of us need to pause before that frustration and then that despair um, emerges. We've got to look at ourselves and our circumstances and the, the present climate that we're actually in that's causing that despair before we look to someone else or something else to, to, for that relief, as it were. And if that relief is not forthcoming, that we want to lash out at that thing, that person. No, I think that, and this is for myself as well, for all of us, it's self-reflection. We need to pause, albeit slightly. And we've got to remember one thing. Allah doesn't burden the soul beyond what it can bear. That's on one side we've got to look at it. And if it's a misfortune, Allah tells us whatever misfortune befalls you is because of what our own hands have put forward. So we need to pause and look inwardly before we look outwardly. And with that, that despair that we've internalized, before we can seek help from anyone else, we need to start addressing the source of that despair and our inability to deal with it before we seek that help. If that makes sense. Inshallah, it does. Jazakallah khair, Dr. Abdul Haq. And I think that's kind of the 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 background of where it is. However, uh, and this is where we're going to sort of unravel this discussion a little bit within for ourselves, inshallah, and for all of our viewers and listeners. And inshallah, you can get involved by not just liking and sharing, but you can also comment, ask questions, and participate, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, so please do so and do so uh, openly. This is an open discussion, and it is a discussion, and we are as much of the audience as, as you are, inshallah. And um, so coming back to what you said there, Dr. Bihaq, um, and referring back to that hadith where you have someone who is doing these things, doing the right things, but still they are clothed in haram because their earning is haram and what they're doing is haram. So it comes to a point where we may, come, we may be at a stage where we recognize that we are doing something wrong. So how is it that we can then pull back and, like you said, that inner reflection, because um, it is one of the plots of the shaitan is to make us overthink things, to put thoughts in our minds that make us doubt certain things. And um, there is one thing, having knowledge and understanding, but there is also another thing, having that knowledge and yet still committing things against our own souls. So what do we then do to be able to sort of kind of hit a reset button really in some ways to sort of you know to to do that way of astaghfar and return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I think that's a good good question I think that we've really got to acknowledge the fault and the deficiency in ourselves that we've got to do that but we've got to do that sincerely before Allah you know how many of us go before Allah almost broken really just sort of like despairing and saying i'm i'm coming to you not coming to allah after we've gone to everyone else 
after we've exhausted every avenue that there is, every friendship that we can go to and ask for help or to get solace from. But we go to Allah knowing that there's nothing else or no one else that can assist us with the feeling that we're having. There's nothing that can gratiate or satiate our, our pain or, or uh, draw us towards the more desirous elements that we are seeking, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you look at the, the culture that we all live in today, that fast culture, that, that, that quick self-gratification, and what you're seeing at this present time with the, the pandemic, what are the frustrations that many are having? That because they are unable to enact those desires, that the immediate gratification, because we see the tertiary sector, we see that the entertainment sector is the one that's been one of the most hit. Where in and what's that for? It's entertainment. It's it's um it's we're not saying that all aspects of it are wrong, but it's that self-gratification, it's that satiating satiating, sorry, of um desires. So when we see that that is no longer there. Then we start looking elsewhere, and when we cannot find solutions, then that despair starts to set in. We need to look in ourselves, first and foremost, again, at the source of that despair, and ask how much have we inflicted that? How much of that is self-inflicted? Then we have to ask ourselves and acknowledge that we need to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like uh, Yunus alayhi salam, when he left his people in anger, and he, that's the dawah, and this is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he was put on the boat, and the, the, it got stormy, and they said, imagine you're on a boat, and the car goes thrown over, and they say, look, we're gonna have to cast lots, one of us is gonna have to be thrown over, one of us is going to have to die in this sea. And they're casting the lots, they don't know who Yunus is, but the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was such that he had to be the one. And he willingly accepted it. He didn't fight and argue, I'm a prophet of Allah. No, he willingly accepted it. He was cast into the sea. Not only was he cast into the sea, he went in, as it says, the belly of the big fish. We understand that to be the way. And that way went to the depth of the oceans. Yet Allah preserved him and, and said, if it wasn't for the mercy of Allah, he would have remained until the day of judgment in the belly of the, of, of the way. And in his moment of despair was that acknowledgement. La ilaha illa ant subhanaka inni kuntu This is a prophet of Allah saying this. La ilaha illa ant subhanaka inni kuntu You know? There's no deity worthy of worship. Verily, I've been of the oppressors. So in this instance here, Allah then tells us the rest of the, the story that he cast him out of the belly of the whale onto the shore. He was quite sick and there was a gird tree there. Again, there are cures. We're told that there's a cure for mankind in everything. A gird tree was there and it cured him. And he went back to his people after that despair, after turning to Allah with those powerful words in the depth of the ocean, in the depth of the, the, the belly of the wave, that's frightening when you even think about that. And they went back to his people and his people 
who had the despair, and they, if you look at the ayah in the Quran, and I remember one of the brothers said this to me, and I read, I read it, I'm saying, subhanAllah, just in the English translation, has there ever been a people before who've seen their punishment about to be set on them? They witnessed it was about to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah averted that punishment, except the people of Yunus alayhi salam. So when we want to talk about despair, then we look at Musa alayhi salam, when he killed the man and someone came running from the farthest part of the city, a well-wisher, because this same individual that he helped the, other, the, the day before was having the same problem and he, he was a troublemaker. Someone came running from the furthest part of the land. Musa was afraid. Musa, this prophet who became a prophet, a messenger of strong resolve of the Ulul Azm. And he said, Rabbi inni the lamtu nafsi fadfili. Rabbi inni my Lord, I have oppressed my soul, forgive me. And Allah immediately says he forgave him and he escaped and he went to the people of Madian and then he got the, uh, met the, the, the two women who couldn't um, pull from the well, they were waiting. Look at these stories. Then again, we go to another story. We've spoken about Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam when he was being cast into the fire. And I want us to visualize these things. And he said, Hasbi Allah, which we keep talking about every week. So this is about do not despair. None of us have faced what these three prophets have faced. None of us have faced the Prophet Muhammad and what he endured when he was stoned by the people in Taif and blood was dripping from his head into his sandals. So why do we have these examples? But we don't want these examples. These examples are not enough for us. These, and these are, these are ambient, and they hadn't done anything wrong. Remember, we're not saying that they've done anything wrong. Yes. We have done wrong. We continue to do wrong. And it mounts up. It mounts up. When And I, I think sometimes when I read the ayat, when Allah says that his grip is strong in some of the surahs that we um, are reading, some think of that, oh, that means the day of judgment or what? No, when uh, Allah talks about shrinking borders of people. Allah talks about removing um, in people with their old age, removing their faculties and everything like this. There's no grip or anything more powerful than those things. The gradual um, seizing of land, the, the gradual withdrawal of faculties till you are more like a baby at a particular age. Now, that's not necessarily a punishment, but la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. And if we know that, there's truly no power or might except with Allah. Why are we seeking solace from anywhere else or anything else before we seek it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We're told to run from the punishment of Allah to the mercy of Allah. Run from Allah's punishment, but run to him for his mercy. And, and Jazakallah khair for that, Dr. Abdul Haq. And again, like you very rightly highlighted, that the prophets went through so much, and they were prophets. They were the noblest of souls, selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take the most challenging of challenges to guide the people and like you mentioned before there will come on that day prophets without even one follower 
you know, one person who heeded the message of Tawheed and to, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala properly. And so given what where we are now, because you mentioned kind of in the lockdown, I think one of the things that lockdown has shown for us is is that our subconscious routines, you know, things that we've le- lent on, leaned on to to entertain us, to to uh, to mask, uh, to numb our senses almost, mm. you know, through that form of entertainment, right. just putting something on and just letting it hit you without really having to think and process about things, uh, visually, auditorily, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And so it, this kind of lockdown has given us that space to to really step back and ask from ourselves, um, have uncomfortable conversation with ourselves, I think, um, in order. And, and then that has probably spilled out. And we've seen it, you know, we've seen, um, you know, ruckus is, uh, you know, difficulties, uh, you know, um, divisions in families and so on and so forth happening uh, because of these things. But we've also seen, obviously, um, you know, friendships and, and rekindling of relationships and things like that. So the, these are some of the things that, uh, subhanAllah, like you mentioned, like we've talked about, that's the silver lining things. But uh, given that, you know, we are uh, sinners, in the in that in that real sense of that that we are truly um you know not uh worshiping allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way or any in any way near what a prophet of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done so where is that hope for us then to to like you said to turn and return to allah knowing full well that we have accumulated these things and are still um, embedded in these things that it will take time to to unentrench ourselves from these things. We we know again when we're looking at the the vastness of Allah's mercy and His forgiveness. We we have the narration of the man in the desert. The example of the man in the desert with his camel, and it's got all these provisions, his life provisions, and. We need to remember, we hear these narrations, we need to place ourselves in that context of the desert. And I think with technology today, those who cannot contextualize this should go get a vid, go on um, Google and look at the video of people in the vastness of the desert. And imagine yourselves being in there, no car, nothing, with a camel, with your provisions on it. You've got your all your life provisions on it to feed you to get you to your next destination, which is going to take some time. We know the desert is acrid. We know it's barren. We know it's difficult. He 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 sits down to rest. He sits down to rest, and his camel runs off. His camel runs off, and the imagine the extent of the despair at that point. That the my destination is days away i'm going to die so he doesn't run up and down that had he shows us he doesn't run up and down he doesn't get into a panic such is the resolve of this individual when you think about it i think he finds himself under a tree or shade he finds somewhere he sits there to sleep and prepares to basically die but when he wakes up his camel has returned to him so in in joy in in an utmost joy he praises allah but he makes a slip of the tongue 
where he says, you are my servant and I am your Lord. He says this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in mistake because he's so euphoric with joy that the camels can return back to him with his provisions, he's going to live. And he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not himself or anything else. Why, what's this, what is the, the, uh, the, uh, the emphasis of this particular story? Allah says to us that he is more pleased with the repentance of his slave than that man is in the return of his camel. And, and so just really, that, the idea of that context, I think it's it's really important that you're talking about somebody who who knows that they're not able to go back, they're not able to go forward, and it's going to be a slow, painful drying out of the body, astaghfirullah, of just pure hunger and just the the, the unbearable heat. I mean, you know, I mean, we hit uh, we hit thirty odd degrees this summer. In, in, in England and you know everybody was like wow what's gonna happen you know we felt global warming you know um, and we're talking about in a place where there is nothing there is no shade you know just apart from that tree and there's nothing there that can give you any idea of hope or something to attach yourself to or some way of finding a way of resolving this situation there's just no chance. There's just no chance. And, you, you know, for those who understand the desert, that once the camel is gone and the, the gentle breeze has blown, the footprints have also disappeared. So it's not even a, an idea of, oh, let me look for where the hooves prints are on the thing and let me follow that. It's, it, it's not even an option. It's that reality that there is no way back, there's no forward. Everything I have is on this, on this beast that's disappeared. This is it. And, and some may find, okay, well, that's an old story uh, of a hadith or whatever. Having lived in this region for 18 years now, I've seen stories. I've even seen pictures in the newspaper where you've seen families have got stuck in the desert, okay? And then, or something's happened with the car. And the father, and I saw these pictures of the, the car, the father has left the car with and the wife and the children in the car and he's got out to walk thinking he may be able to see someone on the way a bedouin arab or whatever only never to return and the family there you fight they've been found dead in the car windows open doors open everything like that and his body's been found some some miles away he couldn't return because the sands have changed and he, he couldn't remember the direction I've seen a few stories of that. We're talking about the 21st century now. So imagine that hadith, the despair of that individual. Just imagine, and imagine the despair of those families, uh, may Allah have mercy on them, um, I mean, that were put, that ended up in those situations. And sticking with the hadith of this individual, the narration that we get is the joy that he has on his camel returning to him. We don't hear any narration about him doubting his Lord, asking why, um, wanting to disbelieve or likes the, what is happening today, others of my du'as are not being answered and everything. Then as you start started with that hadith, we need to ask ourselves, why um, aren't our du'as being answered? And it can be for these unlawful provisions on one thing. It could be that we're asking for something that Allah is holding back for us because he, he want, he's waiting for us 
to make toba or to to complete something in order to open the door, the answer to, to that dua. It may be that the thing they were asking for, Allah has something more better in store for us in this life or the hereafter. So there's got to be that patience and, and all, many of us get impatient with dua. Many of us get impatient when the despair is, is, is unrelenting. It's just continuous. But if that despair is like that, we need to just call upon Allah. How many of us, as, let's say we're men, we're in, oh, we're, we're, we're stoic and we are strong and we are everything. Do you need to be like that in front of Allah? How many of us go to Allah broken, as I said earlier on? How many of us go to Allah in bits, in a state of tears? Because of love in him. Because of hope in him. Or of him. Fear of him. And where does the trust element come in? We, we say that dua, uh, as we said again, Hasbiallah, la ilaha illahu, alayhi tawakkaltu, alayhi tawakkaltu, wa huwa rabbil awshil azim. How many, how many of us translate, have those, Translate that for, for us. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, sufficient is Allah um, for me. There's none worthy of worship except him. Upon him, I place my trust. He is the Lord of the magnificent throne. Listen to those words, subhanAllah. Listen to that. And that's, those are ayah of Quran. Allah tells us to say that. He's telling us to say that, acknowledging him. But where to, this clickbait, quick movement, quick fix, you stop and ponder over those words as you're looking into the sky, as you're looking around the open space, if, you get the, if you've got open space around you. Or even if you're in a concrete jungle, you just look up at the sky and you say those words that Allah has told us to say, these, these ayats, Quranic ayats. And if you don't feel some sense of awe in the magnificence of those words, then we really need to check ourselves and say, what is happening to me that these words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't have an effect. They don't move me. And so this, this dua that we make, there's a, there's a certain firmness and contentment that is made with that dua, that there is not made without doubt it is not made in a way of, of 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 i mean it's made with hope but not in a way where we are holding back from the, knowing that the greatness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can fulfill this that's right that's right uh, that 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 um those um words are said with conviction a, a depth of conviction that Allah tells us when I even thinking about these words now when I say them to you it's like subhanallah Allah's given us so much but we don't realize it you know man thinks that he is self-sufficient you know as we're told in in um surah ikra this uh, talking about this individual who's arrogant he feels he's self-sufficient how many of us feel that 
how many of us move away from um, gratitude to Allah once that despair has been lifted? You know, how many of us um, keep that level of gratitude once Allah has alleviated that thing which has really weighed us down, that's really harmed us, that Allah's cured a loved one. Allah's made safe um, one who's had to go to hospital or, or whatever. And we're in despair about the thought of, of the person being lost or whatever. Then when it's passed, we're on to the next thing until the next despair comes and stops us in our tracks. And th there is there is a purpose to this despair, isn't there, Dr. Abdullah? There is a reason why each of us and you know to think that Allah loved the Messenger of Allah sallam, more, the most and yet we saw those challenges and we saw the Prophet sallam, like you said just with pure conviction just over all of these challenges and difficulties and, and, and never wavered in that particular way and even like we talk about Yunus alayhi salam, you know, becoming angry and leaving, but we don't really get the extent to the challenge that they were faced as a prophet mm. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. You know, we don't understand how frustrating and difficult that would have been for Yunus alayhi salam to do something like that. So it it's it's understanding the context and the depth of like you said the conviction and then that complete belief that once the dua is made it's coming the help mm. is coming you know the help is it could literally be here yes you know? it, it, it's it's up to allah when it is best but it's 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 done we, we see in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah shows us how acute the situation can become. And Allah knows that, where he tells us in Surah Al-Baqarah that the people and even the prophets who were with them asked, when will come the help of Allah? And Allah says, verily, the help of Allah is gharib, it is near. Very, verily, the help of Allah is near. The fact that we've got that ayat, that the prophets with the people even questioned, uh, and I don't think the, 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 the prophets were questioning in doubt, it was like in anticipation, but the people were like, when is it coming? We Imagine, we can't take it anymore. And the prophet's asking, when is it coming? It, he's, he, he's believing in it. And Allah's saying, verily the help of Allah is near. And if I want us to think of something for a moment. How many times have situations got to the brink as far as we're concerned and we've been making dua and it's got to the brink like if it gets to this i cannot continue in this condition or something's going to happen financially or going to lose my home or going to something's gonna, you're at the brink and at that moment the relief comes Walaikum salam Kira, Walaikum salam Jordan. At that point, the relief comes. 
Alhamdulillah, I'm well, mashallah, I hope you're well, alhamdulillah. So at, when that comes now, how many times have we thought, my gosh, if it come a second later, I would have been finished. Yes. And the point is that Allah's help, Allah's aid, Allah's assistance, the relief that comes, Allah brings it at exactly the right time. Every single time. Not, oh, on this time it's hit and miss. Every single time. And Allah tells us this. And we go, al-usri yusra. Innama al-usri yusra. And the scholars have said, so ver uh, ver verily, there is, um, after hardship, there's relief. Verily, after hardship, there's relief. And we're told uh, by the Mufassirun, the, 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 those who um, explain the Quran, that there's, after hardship, a double relief. There's a double relief. But now the question is for us, when that double relief comes and we're given more or we get more than what we've expected, that we tend to, the tendency is to, like, alhamdulillah, yeah, it's all over now. And we carry on in that same level, thanking Allah. We don't increase and say, I've got to increase in my worship. I've got to increase in my gratitude because of what Allah's done. We continue cruising at that level. And it's like, if you think about work, if you think about your job, if you've got a boss and he gives you a pay rise or she gives you a pay rise, that pay rise is because of the performance that you are doing. But there's an expectation that you elevate your standard and productivity. It's not like, oh, thank you, and you carry on. You've yeah. got to elevate that productivity, and you've got to maintain that elevation and productivity. So the thing now is, so Allah gives us after we've wanted, and sometimes he gives us more, and he gives us when we're not even asking, and we're just like, let me just continue the same pace. Alhamdulillah, carry on. The, and, but when the despair comes down, as Allah tells us in the Quran, when the, the trial comes and everything, then we're given to long supplications and long sujood and long prayer. When the despair comes upon us, we've got to, this is the, this is the nature of us. It, it happens and Allah knows this happens, but we've got to acknowledge it happens as much as we can and at least try to elevate that a little bit. We're from the UK, uh, mashallah. We're not actually both in the UK, but we're, we're from the UK. I'm from London and um, uh, Brother Waj is from Newcastle. Alhamdulillah, Jordan, I hope you're finding it beneficial, inshallah. So, alhamdulillah, Waj, so there with, how do we deal with the relief when it comes? See, we're talking about despair, but how do we deal with the relief when Allah gives us that? We know about the ayat in the Quran again. Allah tells us in the Quran, those who are on the sea, we're talking about the sea again, and the storm comes, that we've spoken about this before, so much so that they cannot see their hand in front of them. And they implore Allah that if you save us from this, okay, we will worship you. We will worship you. And then when they returned to land, they go about the land strutting, exultant, so yeah, it was it was our prowess, and we steered it this way, and we pulled the the the, the uh, mast down at the right time, and 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 that's why. 
Yet when it was happening, we were calling upon Allah. And the same, and Salaam Brother Frank, mashallah, the same with, um, let's transfer that from the sea to the plane when we get the turbulence. And we know what that feels like. Yes, yes. And the du'a, yes. the du'a is I flying. Absolutely hate flying. Yeah, so I, 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 I was okay before, but now you think more about the turbulence come and you think, okay, and the du'a increases. But when we land, it's like, okay, if it's business oh. we're going for, we're going to business. Alhamdulillah, if it's Where? all... There's, all is forgiven. Where's my luggage? Why does it take so long? And it's like, yeah, you know, like there's no sujood, man. There's no kiss in the ground. There's yeah. no, yeah. you know, alhamdulillah. You know, yeah. considering we were in this aluminium tube hurtling through the sky, yeah. we've landed with, you know, alhamdulillah in the in the most dignified and blessings of ways, yeah. inshallah. Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> and even, even, even now with the pandemic and we're watching the stress of what's happening there and many are despairing because there's fear, um, there's uncertainty. Many Muslims have died. Many people have died from this. But we should not despair of the mercy of Allah in what is happening. Because in this test, there is a, an avenue for us to seek forgiveness, for us to increase in worship, for us to reflect within ourselves. We've talked about the people of the cave who fled um, intentionally to sit to, away from the sins and the trials and the tribulations. Rabbana ma khalaqtu hadha batan subhanaka fakina adhab an-nar. Also, yeah, Rabbana atina min ladunka rahmatam wa hayyit lana min amrina rashada. Okay, so our Lord um, um, basically say, uh, avert from us um, these trials and, and, and provide for us in, in, in the best way. You know, so really, so they went away seeking that from Allah by choice. By choice. We've had this imposed upon us yeah. by Allah. Okay, some don't, I'm not going to get into those saying, no, it's a conspiracy, it's from Wuhan, it's from this, the lab, America. No, ultimately, Allah has decreed this. And we now need to ask ourselves, how are we going to deal with this? Yeah. We haven't sought it. But I just want to pick that a little bit because, mashallah, uh, I've gotten some beautiful comments in the in the in the message boxes, mashallah. Jazakallah khair to putting some stuff in there, inshallah, and sisters. Um, and you know, th because the the main thing about despair is the shaitan he comes and he makes us think about uh, losing hope and that sense of hopelessness and loss and <clears throat> feeling uh, disempowered and completely out of control of all all things and i think what for me for you and for all of our listeners you know we commit sins and then sometimes we end up in major sins and subhanallah i was just thinking about it this morning astaghfirullah you know that sometimes there are certain major sins that we see in front of us and we've seen them so much that we've forgotten, astaghfirullah, that these are major sins, right? And and it's not necessarily that uh, the sister or the brother is partaking in that sin or myself partaking in that sin, but it's so desensitized us, yeah, that we've forgotten or that we don't even look upon it as, you know, when we see it, we don't say astaghfirullah, we don't, 
you know, try to protect our iman. Such is that, you know. Or is in the case of the individual mentioned in that hadith, that we are entrenched in those sins. Yeah? That the shaitan, he comes to us and he says, look, you're making these du'as, none of it's being answered. You know, you need to carry on down that route because this is your only way out. Do you understand? So the, the haram uh, outlet or a method is the only way to to come back uh, on track, as it were, you know? So for for our listeners and for the benefit of myself and for you, Dr. Abdul Haq, you know, that we end up sometimes in scenarios and that we need to sort of pull ourselves back, claw ourselves back, whatever it takes. And that is going to take some doing because we are, like I said, entrenched. And it's going to uh, be able to really um, shake off that which we have put in ourselves. And that may take some time, but it's something that we need to be able to, uh, I suppose, wrap our hearts around to be able to benefit ourselves, inshallah. And and what you're saying, um, uh, Frank has mentioned just what I was going to speak about. And those things we've become desensitized to. We've been blessed that we can pull away from those things at least five times a day for the obligatory salah. We can pull away from those things momentarily and we can pray. And if we can't pray in the mosques at the moment, we can take our time in a room and really think about the prayer, take time in that prayer. When we're standing, prepare ourselves, wear good apparel, make that effort, really ponder who we are standing in front of. And as the hadith of Jibreel says, uh, when talking about Isan, though we don't see Allah, we, we, don't, we, we may not be able to worship as though we see Allah, we can never see him in this life anyway. Verily, he sees us. Wa alaikum salam, brother Muhammad Khan. And, um, and salam, samilia, mashallah. So now, what we need to do, that's the prayer. But then also, what we need to do, wa alaikum salam, sister Sabrina, what we need to do as well, is we need to consider that hadith of the man who killed 99 plus one, 100 men. And he was in an environment where he became desensitized to killing. Even today, someone kills 100 persons, he's a mass murderer. He sought help. He went and sought help. And he was told by what, the one monk, um, we, there's no hope for you. No so he you. went, yeah, so he killed, he said, okay, he killed this individual, making it 100. He met another wise man and he said to him, go to this land where um, you will be away. You need to leave this land because of this desensitization, because of the sin that you're committing here and you can't help yourself. So he made his way off to this land. And as the narration goes, and there's uh, one that um, verifies the other from, from what I recall, he died on the way. So the angel of mercy came to measure the, the distance from the land he was going to, of Hijra. And then the angel of punishment came to measure. And the, the, the angel of punishment said, he's nearer to the land he was leaving, so he, he wasn't successful. The angel of mercy, they were debating. And the, the Allah placed in the man his last breath, so he was able to crawl one hand span. And die. he died after just getting that gasp of breath. To, and he was closer to the land he was going to, so he was admitted to, he was admitted to um, 
to paradise. What, what are we looking at here? Some will say, well, hijra is not possible for us. We can't, hijra. but there's a hijra of the heart. There is a hijra of the heart away from those things that are affecting us, away from those things that are distracting us. And we've got to have that resolve. And as um, one of the sisters has mentioned, and Allah is Ghafur Rahim, Allah forgives all, except as he says in Surah um, An-Nisa, ayat 116 is one of the ayats where he mentions it. He forgives, Allah forgives all, except that partners are associated with him. Allah forgives all. Now we're talking about don't despair. Subhanallah, if we are muwahid, if we believe in la ilaha illallah, which we do, which the Muslims do, and we don't associate partners with Allah, la ilaha illallah, then we know from the ayat, Surah, Surah um, Nisa, ayat 48 as well, 48 and 116, 116, same surah, that Allah, he, he does not forgive that shirk is committed with him, but he forgives all else, uh, everything else other than that. Why did, now my question, not playing it down, how can you despair when we have a Lord that merciful, that forgiving, that loving and wadud? How can we despair when we know we can turn to him at any time for anything? We may feel ashamed of some of the sins, okay? We, we um, may be embarrassed by some of the sins, but we have to remember when shaitan is making us feel like that, yeah. that is to despair. It is. And we have to make that hijra of the heart at that moment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are practical things. This is not esoteric and all nice and theoretical and everything like that. We are talking about things that if we practice them, yeah. if and we practice them, yeah. then we, then we will get that solace. Yeah, and this idea of, sorry to cut you, Dr. Blahad. No, go ahead. This idea of practice, you know, it's like every morning you get up, you brush your teeth, you shower, you change your clothes, that sort of thing. This is, this is a practice, this is a daily practice. And that's the physical cleansing of the self and preparing yourself and, you know, brushing the beard and, and all that sort of stuff for guys anyway and all the rest of it, yeah? So it's something that we do to prepare ourselves. But in the same way, and as, as Brother Frank mentioned it there, you know, that we have done, alhamdulillah, some of us have been blessed to do hajj, some of us have been blessed to do umrah, some of us have blessed to be doing certain activities or things where we've either we've given from ourselves spiritually or we've given ourselves from our wealth or from our time, which has lifted our iman, which has increased our iman. But in order to maintain that, we have to carry on like you said keep leveling up but, but also we know that also, alhamdulillah we yeah, and that's important yes that's important but but also because you're saying yes we brush our teeth we put but those are routines yeah these aren't routines primarily these yeah. are worship it's about refreshing you know the hadith of the prophet which said that so iman is like a garment and the garment becomes worn out. So you must refresh it. And you have to do that. And that's where the, the khushu in the prayer is set. And like you said about focusing on ihsan, about knowing that Allah is watching you and having that real presence of, of being present in the salah. And, and the watch, yes. And the watching is not because many of us think watching is oh, be, just being in fear of Allah. 
It's no, we love that Allah is seeing us, that Allah is paying attention to us, us, ins insignificant us at that particular time. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just about, oh, Allah's watching me and I've got to be in fear of Allah because he's watching me. No, it's in that love that Allah's watching me at this time. It's in that hope that Allah's hearing our supplications and he's having mercy and forgiving us. Like the hadith tells us as well, the authentic hadith, that would you like that there's a stream outside your, the front of your house that you can bathe in each time? And let's think about this. I think all of us, when we jump under the shower, or we decide in a particular instance, I want to soak in the bath because I've got time to soak in the bath. <laughs> what, what refreshment and pleasure do we get from that, the hot water, if it's too, we like cold showers, that refreshing, tingling feeling that we get. Right, so imagine every time you do that with your salah, it was equated to that. And we've got to remember one thing. I was listening, um, someone mentioned to me the other day, he said, Pray, and it's right, prayer is more important than eating. How many times a day do we eat? Two, three? Two, but we three. pray five times a day. Yeah. We pray five times a day. It's more important than eating. It is more important than eating, subhanAllah. But yet, but yet, when we miss, our, if we miss breakfast or we're missing a meal, particularly men, we're grumpy, we're grouchy, yes. I want my meal. Yeah, we want hungry. we want our cup of tea just right. If it's not there on time, we go to work. What's wrong with you? Oh, he hasn't had his cup of tea. He hasn't had his breakfast. We are the, we are grumpy if we haven't. But you know what? If we're late, if we our salah is late or we're lazy with our salah and everything, it's like mashihan. There's no problem there. How how is that? How the is prayer. That? We should be like. I need to make my salah. The time's coming, and it's not because there's a fear. It's that enthusiasm. In the same way, um, not in the same way, but we have the example of Musa salam, when he was racing up the mountain and Allah asked him, why are, you why are you rushing? Obviously Allah knew the answer. And he said, so I can hasten to be with you, my Lord. You know, with prayer, if you said to me, right, we're gonna miss our dinner time and everything, it's like that, quick, quick, we gotta eat, let's get to the restaurant, it's gonna close at this particular time. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. let's pray. Let's, no, no, let's wait a little bit. Let's put the prayer to... The, the prayer looks like a hit workout, you know? Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. Subhanallah. Yeah. But yeah, alhamdulillah. I think, you know, um, I think sometimes we don't see the, the, the wisdom in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is, is coming to us. I want to share with you a story what happened this morning. And uh, it, it really made me reflect. So uh, I, the kids are back at school and uh, we're dropping them off. And... Uh, last couple of days, um, just this morning, we got in the car and one of my youngest children, uh, she says, oh, we've got to make the travel dua. So she makes the travel dua and we all make the travel dua. And I'm driving and they go to different schools now. So I end up going to the wrong school because one of them starts at one town. Yes, sir. So I almost at this other school and I turned around and I came back to go to that school only to come back to go back to the other school. And this was a bit of a like a subhanallah how did i get this wrong yeah like you know come on your dad yeah you should be getting your head in the right space you know but subhanallah you know like afterwards i was thinking and i thought you know maybe that when we made that dua allah took us down that route to protect us from something right that was over there right and he protected us by taking us here for long enough so when I did go back over there, 
that Allah had alleviated whatever hardship and difficulty was going to be there. Right. And once arrived there, because the the journey was smooth. There was no issues with the journey. Do you understand? There was no traffic. There's no. Yes. None. There wasn't that stress. But this was just that moment of awareness that Subhanallah, that I am not consistent in making that travel du'a when I get in the car. I haven't been over the last few days. Right. And it was that prompt and that reminder. But it was that awareness that we ended up in the wrong route after yeah. making the du'a, you know. Wa alaikum as uh, 1991 uh, Amara. Um, and it's, you know, I think that we, we, we do things that uplift us. We do things that raise our iman. And when things aren't quite there, we have to remind ourselves to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. You know, that are that Musa al-Islam made, uh, and, and I'm sure you can remind us of it in just a moment, the depth and the power that a prophet, a, 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 a great prophet like Musa al-Islam makes, or a prophet like Yunus al-Islam makes, that is seeking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such repentance, that even the Prophet sallam, said astaghfirullah more than a hundred times a day. Mm. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa did this astaghfar more than a hundred right. times. Right, right. It is, a, 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 we need to pick up on yeah. that. And, and what we, um, as one of the sisters mentioned, our prayer is our structure. Mm. Our prayer is the structure to our day, or our anatomy, yes, so, so, yes. And there's a narration I remember, and I used to, I tell my, my children this, that if you're late for your Fajr prayer, and I've seen that myself, we've all seen it, that everything else in the day is, even your other prayers, it's just like, it just rolls on from the Fajr yeah. prayer. And those of us who are chasing the world, we need to remember that the Sunnah of Fajr is better than the whole world and what it contains. This is the hadith, the Sunnah of Fajr. So let's look at Bill Gates and um, and all of the, 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 the famous and wealthy people. You pray Fajr just once, um, the Sunnah of Fajr, just once, and we don't want to do it just once, we want to do it all the time. It's better than the whole world and all it contains. And we can't fathom that maybe in this this life, but it will be, that maybe there's, there, there are unseen things, as you said, that Allah is, protecting us from that Allah is preserving us with and I think that all of that now we need to start putting these things in context now all we're doing is speaking about the things we need to clutch onto the things that we need to remind ourselves of when we despair and Allah says despair not in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I'm saying to, to you to me to brothers because we get to those points you've had it I've had it I'm sure others have that if we're despairing, just stop for the moment and think about our Lord. We really need to do that, just with the prayer. And if we don't know much of the prayer, think about the oft-repeated verses, Al-Fatiha, and what they say in the first few ayats where Allah says, my slave is remembering me, is extolling me, is worshipping me. And then the second part of the prayer, my slave will have whatever they ask for. This is from a Lord that is merciful. This is from a Lord that is generous. This is from a Lord that is bounteous. And unfortunately, like now, we, we're us speaking from these perspectives, not many discussions like this take place. And you have individuals 
suicidal because shaitan has made them um, despair so much that they've lost hope. And if any brother or sister feels that way or knows people who feels that way, say to them, that hope that shaitan has made you lose. Let's go back to the ayah of Allah because he says, despair not yeah. in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is telling us that. Yeah. And, and if, that, if that iman is low, if that iman is low, Go back into the prayer. This is just, this is, before we conclude, go to the prayer, melt in your prayer, stand, weep to Allah. And, 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 and just to say to Sister Um Muhammad, please ask your question, inshallah. We'll try and, we'll try and get it answered now. Um, but yeah, uh, please, please ask the question, Sister. Uh, put, the, put it in there and, and we'll, we'll, we'll try and ask, uh, explore it, inshallah. Uh, but also, you know, like when we stand for prayer, like, you know, a lot of stuff we do now is like this, right? So I've got this set up, I've got that set up, I've got the lighting, da, 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 da. We, we go into all this effort, yeah? So when we when we make our wudu, you know, I remember the, you know, the Ali Radila'an once, you know, he was turning pale, like, you know, he was changing in face, facial expression, and when he was doing wudu once, and somebody said to him, what, what is, what's going on, Ali? Why is there a sudden change? And he goes, do you know who I am about to stand in front of? Exactly. Stand in front of my Lord. So you know, um, beautify yourself. You know, present yourself to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in the best of ways. You know, put on a bit of fragrance, dress smart. You know, not just in those you know those pajamas that you're gonna roll back into bed. You know, right. what I mean is is make an effort. Make an effort. You know, like we do, like this. You know, we we both made an effort. You know, it takes me a while to get this. You know, it takes time, bro. But it, it, it's about presentation. It's about, you know, I'm going to be sharing this with the world. But, you know, who created that world? And who is giving me greater than that in just the two sunnah, like you mentioned in the Fajr? There is a greater reward than all of this in that two sunnah Fajr. So present yourself in that way. And to be honest with you, I think when you get into that kind of frame of mind, that state of mind, you know, you 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 feel that you know alhamdulillah you know i i'm here Allah, in the best way that i can be asking of you exactly and the most the closest you are to allah is in sujood and for those of us like for me as a convert i would not bow to anyone or anything before i became a muslim and even when we used to go to church when i was a catholic and they said to neil was like i'm not doing what do i want to do this for there wasn't that sense of humility until I came to Islam and the first prayer that I did after I made wudu and I was in the mosque and I stood and I went into Ruku and the overwhelming feeling, I said to myself, I am now worshipping my Lord properly as he has ordered me to worship. And going into sujood 30 years on, that humbleness, that 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 humility that awe, yeah, that, it, yeah. that, that awe and if you want to remove that despair take it to allah in your sujood in your recall in your standing take that despair the, you can only take remove that despair by going to him who can truly remove it now you might say i need a million pounds and someone says here's your million pounds i guarantee once you've got that million pounds you're going to have a despair of a different type not wanting to spend that money or losing that money quickly 
um, becoming miserly, becoming scared that I've worked so hard to get it and I'm going to lose it. Maybe it's going to distance you from the remembrance of Allah because you got the money from here and you didn't appreciate that Allah put that person there in front of you to get that money. Prayer, remembering Allah in the, the, the hustle and bustle of the day, which has slowed down dramatically now. Yeah. That I've got time to remember Allah. Let me think. When you're saying subhanallah, 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 when you're saying alhamdulillah, are we doing that quick ritual or are you saying subhanallah? Uh, exalted is Allah. And why is he exalted? He kept my child safe today. I've got five children. I'm going to praise him for each of those children that are well. I've woke, woken up and things are well. To, what are we saying these words for? Are they just me mechanical um, cantations? Or do we really let them penetrate our heart? We wake up seeing. Yeah. There are some who can't see. We wake up hearing. We've got our limbs and our faculties about us and we take all of that for granted. But then when we become sick, it's like, oh my gosh, if only I'd been grateful for my health. And we're told, take benefit from five before five. And one of them is your sickness before, um, your health before your sickness, your free time before you are preoccupied, your youth before your old age. The, all of the, there's two more, I can't, can't recall them off, off, the, off the top of my head at this moment, but we've got so much more to be grateful for. Time before you get busy is one of the other ones. That's right, before you get preoccupied, that's, yes. Yeah. Your wealth, your wealth before your poverty is another one. And wealth is not just financial. Wealth is within your physical health and everything like this. And as we draw to a close, Brother Wajid, for everyone uh, who is, is listening, and for you and me, we've got so much more to be grateful for than to despair over. Yeah. You know, just to quickly, there was a, there's a point that you made, and it was very right around this idea that, um, uh, you know, uh, about, um, you know, brushing your teeth. Now, you can be brushing your teeth and you can be thinking about, I've got to get this done today. I've got to get this shopping done. I've got to do these tasks. You can do all of that. But when you're doing your tasbih, when you're doing your salah, if there's another thought in your mind or if there's space occupied by something else, then the, the, the salah, the dhikr, it's just routine. It's not... It's not, you're not going to get the sweetness of that prayer. You're not going to get the sweetness. And like you said, you know, when you say Alhamdulillah, what does that really mean? Alhamdulillah. You know, what does it mean to have tawakkal? What does it mean to say Subhanallah? You know, that you really think about this and you you it, you it you become immersed in it, you know, and it, it vibrates through you. You know, it gives you energy, Subhanallah. And, and exactly. And as the, the brother's asking um, now, or, or sister, I'm not sure, objective incision. If there are those who are negative around you, they can't stop complaining when you're giving them words of hope. If you have to remain amongst them, you've offered your advice to them. And you've established that proof for yourself that I've tried to, to do that. And as long as it's not affecting you, if you be, if it starts affecting you adversely and you start becoming negative, then minimize your time with them without abandoning them completely because you are giving some good to them in your positivity, in your positive character, okay? 
And we're told um, the one who endures the harm is better than the one who pulls themselves away from it. But if you've got some um, colleagues who uh, uh, infuse enthusiasm amongst you and you share that, then obviously you want to gravitate towards them and have them gravitate towards you. And why did I answer like that? Because we see in Surah Araf, I think it's Ayat 164, when the people come to those callers and they say, why do you preach to a people who are about to be destroyed? And their response was, to be free from guilt before our Lord and that perhaps they will believe. Because ultimately it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who guides and he guides whomsoever he will. Shadu um, Allah ilaha illallah. Sorry, there's uh, yes. Kira's message, she lost, lost her parents in two years between being the biggest on my family with nine sisters and brothers. There when I finally find Allah. Mashallah tabarakallah. I'm not sure I understand the context, but it sounds like you've got a very big family. family. Allahumma barak. Mashallah tabarakallah. And may Allah bless all of you and your parents. Ameen. And um, there's Sabrina's asking for those who could do sujood properly, be grateful for Allah. I'm injured in my knee. I press it and, and sujood. Now, Sister Sabrina, Sabrina, I know exactly what you mean. I've got from my football playing days, I've got osteoarthritis. And up until I started using a cane, and alhamdulillah, I'm not using it now, but the pain in kneeling, and I was told, and I want to share this with Sister Sabrina, when I, I had my meniscus removed um, from my left knee, it's completely gone, I'm okay, I can walk and everything, but when the doctor said to me, um, you, we can do a knee replacement for you, and I got advice from some of the brothers here abroad and, and in the UK, and, said, and they said, you're too young, why do you want to do that? And I asked the doctor, okay, if I was to get it, because I'm in too much pain, what would I still be able to do sujood? And he said, no. And I said, khalas. <laughs> I've, I've come to the deen, I've come to the deen and sujood for us as converts and for Muslims, sorry, that is, that's yeah. non-negotiable. So Sister Sabrina, may Allah give you ease. May, may Allah be able to facilitate that you can do sujood again, because I know that feeling and when I was having to sit in the chair and it wasn't feeling the same for me, alhamdulillah, the reward is there and everything like that. And sometimes I have to get up quickly from salah because the, the pain is there in both my knees and everything. So, wallahi, sister Sabrina, Sabrina, I know exactly how you feel. May Allah give you shifa, may Allah give you ease, may give you equal reward, may reward you for the intention of doing sujood um, as if you're doing sujood because you can't do it at the moment. But yes, the message from sister Sabrina is clear. Do yes. not take advantage for granted doing sujood or Your any actions of prayer. Can be taken away from if you. it's taken, trust me, when if it's taken from you and you can't do the sujood, um, and sister Amila, I'm not sure we all deserve any of us deserve Jannah, but it's through Allah's mercy that we will get there, inshallah. It will be through His mercy that we'll get there. So I will say, mashallah, wajib. Again, another fulfilling conversation, and for yeah. us to reflect upon when we can. Walaikum salam, main fighter. <laughs> for us to I like these names, mashallah, tarakallah. For us to reflect upon, yeah. and brothers and sisters, non Muslims who are listening, really reflect upon these very simple but profound aspects of our faith. Because Allah has given us ease in this religion, 
And it's just for us to grasp onto it. Alhamdulillah, and inshallah, as we are saying, and as a reminder to ourselves, it is a reminder to Dr. Abdul Haq and to myself, you know, that, uh, you know, we we have so many blessings that it doesn't cost us anything, alhamdulillah. And when we have the health to do something, we should do it in the best of ways, as Sister Sabrina and Dr. Abdul Haq have very rightly given us examples of, that when these things are taken away, we don't want to be in a state where we're thinking, oh no, I should have, I could have, I would have. But rather we say, you know what, alhamdulillah, that when I had it, I did it, and you are my witness, oh Allah. Or, you know, whether and then, yes, and when that, if, if the inability comes, like what Sister Sabrina is saying and what I felt, you are still getting the reward for the intention yeah. that if you were well enough, you would be doing that sujood. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So when and yeah, you are we've, got, we've got the same. We've got the same injury, and uh, may Allah cure you. Um, inshallah, I'm going to remember you, in my dua now, because we've got the same thing. And Subhanallah, and I hope you can get back to sujood soon. Inshallah. inshallah. Soon, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. And uh, that is where we are going to leave it. I want to thank all of our viewers. Jazakallah khair for your messages, for getting involved in it. Felt it really. It's lovely. It felt, mashallah, it's inspiring to have you part of this discussion because it feels like we're talking with each other and alhamdulillah may allah accept it and may allah accept it from you and may allah raise us our raise our iman make us ensure that we keep our vision inshallah our, our plans that we are here to attain jannah inshallah and that mm. we act and behave in a way which is in accordance with the sunnah of the messenger allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that all that we do benefits us and that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his infinite mercy protects us and guides us and makes us from amongst those whom he is pleased with. I want to thank you all, uh, sisters and brothers, for tuning in. And inshallah ta'ala, we look forward to sharing uh, this discussion, uh, continuation of this discussion about purity of the heart, inshallah, next week. Jazakallah uh, khair, Dr. Abdul Haq, any final thoughts? I just want to say um, thank you to the brothers and sisters. Um, while we are speaking and doing these shows, um, getting your feedback um, boosts our iman as well. And in all of this 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 um, environment and world of turmoil, Islam and the solace and the tranquility and the salam that Islam stands for really shines out in moments like these. So jazakumullah khair to all the viewers and any non-Muslim guests here. Thank you for listening, and I hope you found it um, beneficial. And we look forward to seeing you next week, inshallah. Same time, inshallah. Inshallah. Wa